When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lafondra looking to get close side of Fond- Lafondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to yet another Elm Park Royals preview podcast in association with the Reading Chronicle. I'm Matt Williamson and I'm joined as always by Matt Joy. How has this week been for you, Matt? It's been busy. I do apologise. I'm just just trying to hold back a cough at the moment. Yeah, no, it's been busy, but it's been enjoyable. It's been quite nice to have some exciting stuff to report upon. And um, yeah, it seems a long way away from a few weeks back when, you know, there was the uh, the metaphorical uh, tumbleweeds were were certainly at the at on on social media and etc yeah i mean every week at the minute it's there just seems to be more news like uh, and every week i feel slightly more optimistic than the week before um that said commentary last weekend was was not the best day out no it was i, I did post match normally i i put a few tweets out and i i you know, give my opinion on the game. I, I must admit, when the full-time whistle went, I just put my phone down for about 10 minutes. I thought, you know what, I just need to take a, <laughs> take a couple of deep breaths because I think I was so frustrated because it was, to me, it just seemed so obvious. It, I, 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 You could just tell that it wasn't going to be... I think I tweeted in about the 70th minute. I have a feeling there's going to be another goal in this game. And it was just... You could just tell it was coming. I mean, when Tom Holmes headed over in the 96th minute i think it was i must admit at that point i thought okay they've i was you know getting ready to to tweet out you know dogged defensive displayers aren't reading a a valuable point but up until then it was just yeah it just seemed like coventry had the wind in their sails and i must admit i thought the atmosphere at the ground was absolutely brilliant it was my first ever trip to coventry obviously they've been at the uh that St Andrews recently, but I thought they were brilliant. I thought their fans were really good. Uh, boosted their team when they needed it, and yeah, I just could do, was just in, uh, waiting for it to for it to happen, and it did in the uh, the final moments. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we spoke to um, last week in the fan preview. Like, it, just the the fact that they're back at the Rico gives them that extra boost um, that that. Yeah, other teams won't have had. Obviously, nobody's watched football for a year, but to be back in, you know, the city where you should be, obviously, is is huge for them. Um, I mean, were there any positives to come out of that? I mean, I, I feel like not really, to be perfectly honest. Well, Swift, Swift obviously continued his fine start to the season. I think he, without him, Reading would be in a really, really bad spot at the moment. 
Uh, I thought Aziz and Pushkas in the first half looked reasonably decent, better than they have in recent games. I thought Pushkas, it wasn't the most eye-catching display, and I'm not trying to sit here and say he was a 10 out of 10, but just the way he, you know, he had the back, back to goal and he had a couple of players sort of on his back, and whereas sometimes we might have seen him, you know, try and play a first-time pass and he's it, it's got away from him, he, he would take a touch and get his head up and look to, to play the pass, which it's not the biggest, you know, game-changing part of a game, but it was it was more encouraging to see because I think in games before that this season, he has just looked so just incompatible with the system in some games. It's just been a case of, honestly, you, you don't want to say this, but he's given absolutely nothing. He's made no impression. He's not held the ball up. He's not done this, that. But he did, and I thought that was something that shouldn't go unnoticed. Um, but no, there was obviously a few more concerns than, than positives, and you know you, you factor in McIntyre's injury, and it's um, yeah, it wasn't the ideal afternoon out. Yeah, and and on McIntyre, it sounds like he's going to be out for a little while. Yeah, it looks like it'll be a couple of months at least. I mean, I I, I remember the challenge. It was a, a sort of a it was a 50-50 they're both the ball was sort of an equal distance away from McIntyre and the Coventry City player who I you know I can't remember who it was if I'm honest but they both went in there strongly to win the ball and it looked like McIntyre's leg just sort of jarred backwards um and immediately he went down and you thought yeah that doesn't look good that's a contact he's you know it's it's knocked him back quickly and it's jolted his leg um and it's a shame because I think He's he's had good games this season so far, and I think he he really if he could have stayed fit until January, I think you would have seen him as a virtual ever present. Um, so yeah, it's not ideal. But then again, you know we've seen him come back from injuries before. It is a, a lengthy injury, but at the same time, it's not one of those where it's a you know a nine monther, and it's a case of is he going to be the same when he comes back? I'm sure he'll come back just as strong. But with the current injury situation, it was it was the last thing that Reading needed. Yeah, and I mean, I think that leads us quite nicely onto uh, the sort of hectic last couple of days of Reading FC Twitter. Um, I'm starting to wish that I'd pronounced any of these words uh, before the start of the podcast, but uh, we have been linked with a few guys, and one of them is left-back Baba Rahman, so uh, from Chelsea. Uh, It sounds like that's almost a done deal, is it? Yeah, it's, that's, that certainly seems the case. He was down at the training ground um, having a medical today, we believe. I think the, the the conversations have been ongoing in the last couple of days between his representatives and the club. Um, <clears throat> came out of nowhere a little bit. <clears throat> I saw, obviously, the, the initial rumour come from, um, uh, I think it was a, a Ghanaian footballing site. Um, and it, it, it looked like one of those where it was, OK, they, they may not have... Be, be fully aware of Reading's financial situation, but credit to them. I think um, it, it seems like, you know, they've got it spot on and it's one that's come about quite quickly. I think PAOK were you, uh, from, uh, who were from Greece, I think. They were keen, but I don't think that he was keen on going to a league that had a, a little less competitiveness to it. So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be one that Reading get over the line and it looks like that they've got a, quite a good deal. Uh, that the figures that are being uh, mentioned by my colleague Courtney Friday looks like that Chelsea are going to pay the majority. Reading still have a, a limit on what they can pay mo- uh, weekly. So, um, yeah, it, it seems like a, a good deal. And, and there's a, a couple of other murmurings as well alongside that. 
yeah, I mean, other than the report that we were going to pay all of his £50,000 of wages, I think that, that Ghanaian football site uh, probably does deserve a shout-out, although I can't can't remember for the life of me what it actually was. Um, there's been so many names, and I've forgotten almost all of them. Um, pick another one, Matt. Well, what's another potential signing this week? Uh, well, apologies if I've mispronounced, but Andy uh, Zakiri uh, is a player that's been mentioned uh, today. Um, I, I spoke to a, a guy who works down at um, the Argus, and um, he said that the the links today were were the first he'd heard of it. Uh, I think the original tweet was released by Exclusives RFC, who have a, a good track record of being uh, quite consistent with their with their news. So you know, get another, another shout out for them. Um, but yeah, I spoke to uh, a guy called Adam Stenning, and he said that he is aware that he will be uh, Zakiri will be behind Neil Morpay, Danny Welbeck, and Aaron Connolly. Um, I'm not sure whether Alexis McAllister plays in a similar role I, I think he might be a bit more uh a bit further back but I, I certainly think that he uh, is a man that they may look to get some more game time and he scored in the in the week against Cardiff so um yeah but he, he seems like a highly rated player and it would be an interesting one I must admit I I think that's one that's in the in the stage where you know the, the two clubs are probably just talking at this stage I don't think as we record this, anything has been officially sort of agreed. But you know, we're recording this at one thirteen, and maybe at one sixteen, a bit of news might come out. So hopefully, by the time this is sort of all edited down and put together by your good selves, uh, it'll be a similar situation. Edited, uh, mate. Have you not listened to this podcast <laughs> well, before? So, however you want to describe it, whether you, you work works magic upon, we'll go with and. You can fill in however that is that is achieved. I think the tagline for this podcast is actually unfiltered and unedited, and, and that is very much what it is. Um, one of the other names, which does sound a lot closer, is Alan Halilovic. Um, it, I mean, another one that basically sounds like the deal is done. Um, he's an attacking midfielder who played for Birmingham last season, but has been on the books of Barcelona and Milan. Uh, it, he's not really reached his potential, but but is an interesting signing nonetheless, I think. Yeah, I mean, you get these players who start off at, you know, massive clubs and they'll go down and there's sort of levelling degrees where you have players, you know, a bit higher up, maybe guys like Pedro who go to Chelsea and have, you know, decent Premier League and Champions League uh, careers. You have players like <clears throat> Bojan uh, Kerchich, I believe his, his full name is. Uh, who obviously went to to Stoke in the end, and you know ultimately left there. Ibrahim Afalai was another man who went to Stoke. So you do get those players who kind of start off right at the top and then just drop a little bit. I mean, I think it would be fair to say, you know, a player like Martin Odegaard is another player who's dropped a little bit. He's obviously gone to Arsenal, not a Championship club, and you know he, I think he'll still be a, a really good player. I think he'll shine at Arsenal, but um, yeah, it, it's one that's maybe. And I don't mean to downplay it because I, I really hope that, you know, should the deal be signed soon and delivered, I hope he, he, you know, he has a fantastic career for the Royals. But I don't think it's one that, or I do think it perhaps is one, sorry, that might look a little bit better on paper than, you know, if you sort of take a step back and read read the full uh, full clubs played for list on Wikipedia rather than just picking out one or two if you, if you catch my drift. 
That is a wonderful little dig at Arsenal. And to be fair, I'm glad that you know I mean that, that, you know, know. last name. I mean, I was about a, to say a, good name. yeah, I mean that in a, in a respectfulish manner to Arsenal. I think Odegaard will shine for them. I, I'm not convinced by Arteta personally, and I don't think they're going to have a brilliant season, but I think he will be probably one of the, the better parts of it. Wow, yeah, let's let's not start a whole new podcast. Um, I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that we don't want to encroach on Arsenal fan TV in any way. They've uh, they've sort of wrapped that one up, I think. Um, and I mean, you, one... you, yourself and Robbie, there are remarkable similarities, I must say. I will be dead honest. That means absolutely nothing to me. But I'll just, take I, your well, word I hope for it. a couple of people who are listening to this might <laughs> might get that reference. So if you have just understood that reference, I, I hope it was semi enjoyable at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I get worked up watching Reading games as much as they get. Maybe I should start posting my own videos on Twitter at full time. Just, just around. Anyway. <laughs> certainly, uh, would, I certainly couldn't have done that last last week. I don't think. Well, I'm I'm semi glad that I had the drive home to like cool down and and not read Twitter because I well, knew I that. Wasn't. I, well, wasn't. I, I, was, I was stewing the whole way home. <laughs> well, I yeah, yes and no. Kind of like it was. It was nice to not be in like the kind of you know that that zone you get into where you're just kind of doom scrolling where every, it just yeah. spirals i I've, i have found being at the ground um amongst the other fans has somewhat taken a little bit of the the pain away although you see i i found having done the, the games last year the 90 minutes of the of the games in compared to behind the closed doors is obviously massively, massively more intense and more sort of emotional. Um, but it is sort of, you know, I've driven home and on, on the opening day in Stoke. I drove back and I, I do remember just thinking, I really enjoyed that day. Uh, and I had a good, I didn't feel that coming back from Coventry. I must admit, I think I had a, an audio book on and I listened to it and I just tried to zone out the way. I didn't stop. I just sort of flew all the way back and, uh, yeah, tried to put it out of my mind. Yeah, well, there. Yeah. I don't blame you. There is there is one last name that we've been linked to, um, and that's Adolfo Gaich. Gaich. Uh, let's just gloss over pronunciation yet again. Um, he is a 22-year-old Argentinian centre-forward who plays for CSKA Moscow, which is a very odd place for Reading to be shopping, but sounds like we are. Yes. Well, I think saying shopping might be a bit early. Um, he has been a player that's been on Reading's uh sort of radar for a while I, I don't know whether we spoke on a podcast or we spoke just my, myself and you but I remember saying to you at one point there was you know a forward who was Reading were interested in about a month or so ago um and that was the the name I've been aware of from um again a guy that we I work with guy Eddie and he, he sort of made me aware of that name I, I had a search back on the WhatsApp and it was in July so I've it's been one of those where it's but it's just been a very sort of distant um you know it'd be great if we could get out over the line but nothing at this point it doesn't appear as if anything is is concrete it is just a case of you know in a in a dream world I'm sure Reading would love to get this guy through the door but I, I think of all the names we've just mentioned well I, I'm 95% sure that he's probably the, the least likely to to materialize yeah, I mean, I think you said, um, I think it was before a podcast, and I think you think, I think you said, I'd never have heard of him, which I is think, absolutely yeah, true. Because I hadn't. Yeah, I hadn't. So <laughs> I think you might be. I remember when I got told the name, I thought, oh, 
okay let's have a let's have a look um but yeah like i said i don't want to i did want to try and emphasize that when i was tweeting out the story i don't didn't want to put so i didn't want to you know clickbait too much it, it's very much a case of it's early early doors to the point where you know reading are just keen on yeah, I mean, he's six foot four inches tall, so I have already got him in my head, scoring lots of headed goals from crosses from Hoyler and Halilovic, and uh, I think everything's going to come good. You, uh, you but, don't remember uh, Greg Ortz-Raziak, then? I, he scored plenty of goals, just Did he? Not, I, I seem he, to remember him never scoring for us, but I could be completely wrong. I used to, I, I used to adore him, him and uh, Matthew Matanset. I just used to adore them. They were not the most effective players, but they were just brilliant, brilliant fun to watch. Matthew Manset uh, had a wonderful like three-week spell where he scored that backheel Middle goal ball. against Bristol City and and scored two the in, on the opening day. And yeah, yeah it was great. Day. Yeah, I remember uh, that was that was a good laugh. That one. Raziak scored nine goals in thirty games. That's according to Wikipedia. Oh, that's so it's not if we a could bad get return. someone like that this year, that would be that would be more than welcome. Yeah. I, uh, so just one thing on Geich. Um, uh, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Uh, you have said on Twitter that wages and transfer fees and whatnot are, are, as you've mentioned, kind of a stumbling block with that one. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as, you know, we, we've seen with some of the other targets. You've got to do some serious negotiating, I think. Um, I believe the limit uh, is 8.5k a week. Off the top of my head, I've been had so many figures and other bits that I've been thinking of in the last couple of days. Uh, I'm I'm 99% sure it is at this point, but I might double check it and I might be slightly off. But it's around that mark. Um, Leeds are also interested. I believe West Ham also uh, got him on the radar. So whether they can attract uh, him to come to the club and whether they can put together a more um, you know tantalising package than some of the other clubs who maybe. Interested in making a move, I, I would probably doubt at this point because I would assume that he's on more than we can currently pay a week and other clubs are probably in a better position to offer more of that to uh, CSK Moscow as a sort of, you know, we'll pay 50-50 on the wages, whatever it may be. So, but then again, you know, they, they may be tempted by the fact that Reading might offer a little bit more game time. So it's one to it's one to keep an eye on, but I don't think it's one to... You know, go down to the mega store and start getting the names printed on the back of the shirt yet. Oh, damn, I was halfway there, mate. Halfway there. <laughs> well, you, you, um, I'm doing this off my feet, as I said today. That's that's why. Yeah. Um, so, turning our attention to Huddersfield, the game that we are previewing, um, is there any news about, you know, is Ovi back or is it just going to be kind of the same team, uh, probably with a makeshift? Well, not makeshift left back. Presumably, Bristow's going to start a left back or, or year on across. Is, is there any team news that we should know about? That's what I'm trying to ask here. Uh, nothing that would blow your socks off. I think the fact that we're discussing this 18 minutes into the recording shows that there's nothing, you know, huge breaking. I think Ovi, um, I believe he, to be honest, I still don't know when the actual uh, positive test came through for him. Obviously, he missed out last week through a positive COVID test. I think. If you if you had to ask me at this point, I'd say he's probably not going to be risked. Um, and as you said, McIntyre will be out. Lucas Mate, Felipe Aruna, obviously all still out. So yeah, I can't imagine it'd be much different from Coventry other than McIntyre. Um, maybe might see a start for Hoyler. Um, 
I, I would be maybe tempted if I if I could pick, despite him having a good game. I, I would. I, I'm personally interested to see how Femi Aziz would play on his own up top. So maybe if you put you know Hoyle on one wing, TDB on the other, and then Aziz up top, I I would be interested to see how that works. So that would be how I would go for it. But I think it, it could well be a case of just one change at this point. And um, those two names that are rumored to be signing today um we're not expecting them to be in the mix for tomorrow obviously like they could have we're recording this after 12 and nothing has been announced um but they could have registered before 12 and be available but we're not expecting that to be the case are we yeah pretty much i, I haven't really got much more to add to that i think you've, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there cool yeah well you know i do my job sometimes i guess um <laughs> There's, there's not really like the games these days almost feel like a sideshow to the rest of the week at, at this point. Um, there's not too much else to say, really, is there? No, I Just... think you, 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 yeah, until the end of the window, I think that is going to be the case. I think this you've got one more and then you've got the international break obviously coming up. So I think attention, I mean, I'm I've got to drive 400 miles and do you know, eight hour round trip, and I haven't really thought about that yet, which <laughs> shows that. And that's not me trying to say, you know, a woe beside me and everyone feels sorry for me. But it's just in case that normally I'm thinking, right, you know, what time am I leaving? And what do I need to go and fill my car up? This and that. And because I've been so busy this week with one thing and another, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. But again, like last week, I didn't really have an idea of what Reading would turn up, so to speak. And I would probably say the same. And I think when we get to the predictions in a minute, I'm going to bore you and say, I think I'll go for a draw. Yeah, I almost totally forgot about the predictions. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, I'll I'll go first this week because I've already done this three times and I'll say a 1-1 draw. Um, I think that Reading are going to, you know, it sounds like they've worked on the defence all week, um, which is one thing we haven't mentioned. Um, oh, God, we haven't even mentioned the fact that Paunovic didn't come to the press conference, but we're, we're too far in. We'll ignore Well, we'll I ignore. just on that, I would just like to say, I mean, I, I, I did ask if there was a reason behind it. I didn't actually get a response, but I asked late in the day. Um, I, I think that a lot was made out of something very minor. I'm sure it could have just been a case that he had a dentist appointment. You know, it... it I think there's a tendency to immediately imagine it's worst case scenario, but it, it could have quite literally been anything. So uh, I, having not heard anything that makes me think different, um, I, I, I think we have also said to the club, you know, is it possible now that the restrictions for COVID have you know gone down and the players aren't in as much of a bubble? Could we have a bit more interaction? Because we didn't really for a year for obvious reasons, because players were, um, you know, that, kept as safe as possible which was completely understandable and i had no issue with that um so they might have the club might have just thought oh well, well this week we've got you know a couple of new faces let's let's go for it this way but it was a thoroughly lovely interview two lovely guys and uh, i don't think there was anything more to it than that yeah yeah you spoke to tdb and and uh Hoylet for anyone who doesn't know and um yeah who asked Hoylet if he wanted to play left back what was that all about uh, that was A.D. Williams, I do believe, if memory serves me right. And it was very much said in jest. Yeah, uh, no, was, yeah, I assumed it was. It doesn't I, I, necessarily I come it. across on Twitter, yeah. No, exactly. I tweeted out and I did have a couple of people saying, I think a couple of them had words that I won't repeat on here, but it was, you know, you're, you're not playing left-back, essentially. I don't think it was, I think it was more just a case of, you know, is there any chance you could? But, you know, we're a bit short, do you reckon you could? Sort of thing. But it was, it, it was a, 
you know, a, quite a jovial question, and uh, it was just sort of batted away with a smile. But Junior Hoylet, especially, I mean, TDB was a, a you know very motivated lad. He looks very confident in his own ability, but Junior Hoylet as well, very funny guy, very sort of bubbly character. Sort of seems like a a, a fun guy, and it just seems like a a thoroughly decent chap. So um, I think his his uh, his energy and his character will, will be a boost around the uh, around the training round. Yeah, yeah. Well, sounds sounds positive. And um, so I guess the last thing is, what is what is your prediction for tomorrow's game? Even if you hadn't have gone for it, I'm not just copping out and then repeating you. I would. I had it in the, in my head as well. I'm going to go for a one all draw. I think Huddersfield may may go in the lead. I think it'll be a goal in each half. But one all. I would 100% take a 1-1 at this point, I think. Just any any sort of points on the board are kind of becoming quite necessary. Yeah, and I really, really would not enjoy the thought of the drive back tomorrow night on the back of a 3-0 uh, comprehensive defeat. That would be, that wouldn't be particularly ideal, it must be said. Yeah, I mean... Let's not even contemplate that. No, please Let's don't, put I'm, that out of I'm, our mind. I've genuinely just, just my, my, I had a smile on my face, and as, as it went a little bit quiet for a couple of seconds there, my frown came back, and I just thought, <laughs> oh, God, please, please, no. All right. Well, this has been a bit of a more comprehensive chat through the week uh, than normal. Uh, we do still have a fan preview. Uh, thanks very much, Matt. Um, I will next be talking to Josh from And He Takes That Chance. I'm here with Josh from And He Takes That Chance, uh, which is a name that I, I don't really want to touch on, Josh. No, no, well, yeah. It's going to be brought up at some point, wasn't it? So uh, good to get out of the way in the first 10 seconds. Um, yeah. You did inspire the podcast name in, in a way. Yeah, I mean, so uh, for those who don't know, it, it's uh, to do with the commentary around um, Huddersfield's winning penalty in, in that playoff final, isn't it? Yeah, were you there? I unfortunately was there, and and yeah. I, you know, when we went three one up on penalties, that was the first time that I really thought that we were going to do it, and then all came crashing down pretty quickly. Were, were you in the uh, more excitable end? Yeah, yeah, I was had a very good seat just to the left of the goal where he ran to after he scored. But yeah, I know what you mean. But in 2012, we missed our first three penalties and still won that shootout. So. I think we all, uh, even after Heffley missed, we were still uh, still had that hope we'd we'd do it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I try not to think of that game too much. It, in some ways, it was more crushing than our playoff defeat versus Swansea, where we lost four two, and in some ways, it wasn't because that was also a pretty bad one. Uh, let, let's stop talking about playoff defeats. Yeah. Let's talk about this season. Um, <laughs> how's it gone for you so far? Well, apart from the obvious five uh, one defeat to Fulham, I think. Town fans are pretty happy with how it's gone. Um, the first game against Derby, um, the way Derby were being talked about, it was sort of like they're going to lose most games. But obviously, the way it's turned out, they're doing not as bad as everyone predicted. And also, we had a COVID outbreak. So at the time, a draw against them was seen as like a disappointing result. But maybe now, as time's gone on, it doesn't look as bad. And then we last Tuesday, we snuck a 1-0 win over Preston. Um, it, it was a really bad performance, but, you know, we took the win. And then we somehow beat Sheffield United 2-1 at the weekend after we conceded an equaliser in the 92nd minute, and then we scored in the 94th. 
Um, and then from there, we, we had a good performance against Everton on Tuesday night. Uh, we lost 2-1, but um, it's best we've played in a long time, to be honest. So I think there's quite a positive feeling going to this game from the town fans. Yeah, because what were your expectations in, in pre-season? Because I think a lot of people kind of had you down almost relegation candidates. Um, is that where you thought you'd finish up or will finish up? Yeah, I think I think you, if you ask most Huddersfield fans, they'd say um, we'd do well to stay up this season. Um, I'm always a bit more optimistic. I think we have got some good players, um, namely Lewis O'Brien, Harry Toffolo, and also we've seen the emergence of Sober Thomas this season, who's been outstanding. So I think we've got enough quality to stay up. Um, and if we can uh, at least draw this game, then we're in a pretty good position after five games. Um, early stages, I know, but we'll be nowhere near the bottom bottom of the table. Um, but saying that, last season we did all right in the first half and then dropped off in the second half. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think we can finish mid-table, but that's about as good as we can get, to be honest. Carlos Corbran, so this is his first, uh, second season of you know, senior management. Uh, it seems to me, and I think to most of us, he wants to play kind of a passing brand of football and, and uh, technically quite good players. Uh, but you don't really dominate the ball in a way that would suggest that. It, is that is that just a myth? It, that kind of, um, you know, uh, God, I've run out of all the words. Is, is that um, profile of him a myth or is, is he a different kind of manager? Like, what do you see of him that others maybe don't when, when not watching week in, week out? Yeah, no, he does want his teams to play out from the back. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, translate to, to dominating possession. You know, he wants a fairly fast transition from defence to attack. Um, whereas under David Wagner, we were sort of um, much more possession-based, quite lateral. Um, obviously, it was very effective, but um, this is a different sort of style. Um, and it only works really when we've got um, our best players, particularly in defence, um, there were times uh, early this season and the end of last season where the players just weren't capable of it. Um, so we have we've brought in some uh, defensive recruits to give a bit more um, stability at the back. Um, the cent the centre backs that we've got on the books, we've got four pretty good solid options there. Whereas last season we were struggling at times um, in the centre back position. Um, and last couple of games we have looked more comfortable playing it from the back. And we also have the option to knock it long now, whereas before it was sort of that was not an option for us. So he has um, adapted his style of play a little bit to uh, to allow for the the more direct pass at times because we have conceded quite a lot of goals where we've lost it on the edge of our own box and we've been punished most times. So yeah, we've had that adaptation and now we're looking a bit more comfortable with it, um, knowing that there is the option to uh, knock it. Uh, long if, if needed so is it more about kind of quickly counter-attacking than it is about yeah uh, keeping the ball the whole time um in an ideal world we've seen well we have seen we've got some really good team goals last season you know where we start from the goalkeeper and it goes through pretty much everyone and we end up putting it in the back of the net so that's his ideal but um yeah i think we're most effective when the play is broken up a bit and we've got players such as uh, O'Brien, um, Dwayne Holmes the other night did it, where 
Um, he just glides past the defenders and, you know, looks to pass forward. We're definitely most effective when we um, we're in the counter attack and we just we just go for the go for it rather than turning back um, and you know keeping possession. We're, we're not very effective uh, when it comes to that. So yeah, I think our, our strengths are um, really counter attacking. To be honest, um, we've got some good pace in the team, um, and also now with uh, Sorb Thomas, we've got uh, someone who can deliver a ball in the box. So we're quite um, effective from set pieces as well, which we've never been really. So it's quite weird to see that this season. Sounds very much like Reading, to be honest. Um, quite similar, like analog, I guess. Well, yeah, we don't seem to be particularly good when when keeping hold of the ball and, and kind of need that transition to get ourselves going. Uh, and this season, we haven't even been particularly good at set pieces. So that's taken away a bit. Um, I think... There were some eyebrows raised when you signed Jordan Rhodes um, over summer. Uh, he obviously hasn't actually played too many minutes for you. Is that more of a kind of just a signing to, to bring him home more than anything? Or, or is he actually going to offer something on the field? Um, I think he will offer something at some stage of the season. Um, he's got a back injury at the moment, so he's out for two to three months. So I think we do need to get a striker in, um, potentially on loan. That's been talked about um, among the fans, but um, I think it is. there is a little bit of sentiment to the signing. Um, our chairman is not the most popular amongst the fans at times. Um, I think it's a little bit unfair, um, some of the stick he gets, but I think maybe as an element of uh, trying to get the fans on side with this signing, but... Saying that, a lot of people didn't want him back, so um, it's a bit of a strange one. I think you know, he might. There might be a few occasions where he'll come on towards the end and you know try and nick a goal. Um, he's still got the finishing quality. It's just um, getting him on the pitch really um, with this injury. But I wasn't really too too pleased with the signing. I don't think it fits our style of play. Um, but you know, if he's going to come on off the bench, as I say, last few minutes, he's a, he's a threat. Um, so, yeah, he's not going to be a starting player for us, but, you know, he's, he's just a, a different option, I suppose. So do you think that's a signing that's kind of been made over the top of the manager's head if if you yeah. don't think he fits the style? Yeah, most of our signings are, to be honest. The, it's not sort of over his head, like behind his back kind of thing, but that's the, the system that we've got in place is more... Um, these are the players you're given. You work with what you what we give you, kind of thing. I think he does have some input of of the signings, but um, I'm pretty sure the players we bring in are not his choices. If you know what I mean, um, there's like a a, a team of uh, scouts and you know um, people doing the transfer targets and stuff like that. So um, headed by Lee Bromby, the recruitment team. So it's more that kind of model we've got here. Um, so yeah, he's got to work with what he's got. I guess that you know brings positives to do with uh, continuity. Well, ho- hopefully continuity anyway. Because yeah, again, going back to our our situation, we had a manager come in who didn't like to play with wingers, sold all our wingers, and and haven't had any for the last three years, which is obviously less than ideal. Um, so coming to this weekend, uh, you've mentioned a few players, but who should Reading fans really be looking out for? Well, I've mentioned him a couple of times already, but Sorba Thomas um, has been outstanding this season. 
he's such a threat on the ball the way he carries the ball he can go past players great delivery from open play and from set pieces um, he's a real handful at the moment i think he's one of the leading key pass um statistically he's one of the leading key passers um in the whole english football league so He's in the form of his life at the moment. We signed him from non-league and he's he's taken his chance with both hands. He's got great attitude and he's, in, as I say, he's in really good form. So he's one to watch out for. Um, another one, uh, Lewis O'Brien. He's been linked with a move to Leeds. At the moment, doesn't look like it's going to happen, but you know, there's still five days left of the window. But um, the sort of person he is, it's not affecting his performances at all. He's not distracted at all. He gives everything... He's everywhere on the pitch. Um, he's got quality as well. He can. He's a very good dribbler, um, and he's he's a heartbeat of our team, really. And then elsewhere, you're looking at um, Harry Toffolo. For me, he's a he's a he's a threat from the left side. Um, we'll probably be playing um, with wing backs, so he'll be our left wing back. Um, very adventurous fullback. Um, so he's always a danger to the opposition. Um, he set up the winner at Sheffield United at the weekend. Uh, and also one more, I'll give you Josh Karoma. Um, he scored at Sheffield United. Um, he started the season quite slowly, but uh, last season it was a great season for him. He was our best player by quite a distance. Um, if he if he plays on the left, I think that's where he's most effective. He can cut in and he's got a great shot on him, uh, curling it into the far, far corner. So yeah, I'd say... Those four are the ones that spring to mind that you need to watch out for. I've just looked up Sorba Thomas' key pass stats. He's playing like 4.3 key passes a game, which is unbelievably yeah. good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, those uh, three of, I think you named four of those guys are 22 years old. So are, are you expecting maybe, obviously, it sounds like it might be a tough year this year. Are you expecting to improve as the years go on with those guys coming through? Or do you think, as you've kind of said, they'll get sold to to fund the football club? I think, ultimately, um, if they carry on performing at this at this standard over, you know, this season or the season after, I think the three, the, the three 22-year-olds I mentioned, O'Brien, um, Thomas and Karoma, they will probably get sold. But we'll sell them for a lot more than we bought them for. So O'Brien was free because obviously he's come through the academy. Thomas um, didn't pay much for him from Bournemouth. And Karoma, um, you know, that was not not a massive not a massive amount of money from Leighton Orient a few years ago. So that's that's the model we have. Um, the problem is, will it? Well, it won't all be reinvested back in the squad. That's the grumble of some of the fans, understandably. But, you know, if, if they're performing and they do get sold, then we've got to do it again, haven't we? We've got to find the next Solba Thomas, Josh Karoma. Um, so that's the challenge for the football club. But hopefully, if they do get sold, then it means that they've all performed to a good level, which will ultimately translate into a decent league position finish um, this season. So, last question. What is your score prediction for Saturday? Um do you think you're going to edge it or, or are you more apprehensive than that? Well, everyone's saying uh, if we play like we did against Everton on Tuesday, we'll win. But it's not as simple as that. I think that game suited us. It was quite a broken up game. As I said, that's where I think some of our players are most effective. It was quite open. 
I don't think it'll be open on Saturday. I think, um, or you, you'll tell me if, if this is right, but I'm expecting you to try and um, be on the counter-attack and I think you might let us have the ball. Do you think that might, that's where it might go? And if it, if it does go like that, I think we may struggle at times. Um, I think it'll be quite a tight game. So I'm going to go for... Uh, I said 2-1 to town on the other one, so I'm going to have to stick with that. Uh, 2-1, I think we'll nick it late. Um, through I said a substitute, actually. He's called Daniel Sinani. Um, he had a good game the other night. He looks dangerous, so I think he'll come on and have an impact and we'll nick it at the end, 2-1. Wow, going even down to the goal scorer. Um, yeah, I mean, I I said something very similar um, to to your colleague that the, I think it'll be quite a defensive game. Um, we haven't been good defensively, but it sounds like that's all we've been working on this week. Um, so I fully expect us to go there and try and shut the game down and, yes, maybe hit on the counter, although I'm not convinced that we're too good at that. Um, I went for a 1-1 that could could completely see you snatching it late on that's exactly what happened to us last weekend um i just very much hope it doesn't happen two weeks in a row but this is this is reading we're talking about is it's probably going to happen um anyway josh thank you very much for joining us um good luck for the season um I, i'd take a point so if we could share a point that'd be good yeah i wouldn't be upset with a point so yeah thanks for having me and good luck for the season yeah, don't need to play the game. Let's just let's take a point now. Yeah. Well, we've agreed now. It's a point. We're all happy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers, mate.